Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Quickly, let's jump back into the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. This text says, Bob, you mentioned that players are unwilling to commit to Prince George historically. I talked to a veteran coach and player the other night that claims those types of kids will never make it anyway. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I'll take it the other direction. When a guy does commit, like when Leon Dreisettle comes from Germany and commits to playing in Prince Albert, that's a pretty good sign that he's serious about being a player and uh, guess what he's a player another texter says bob i have to say don't be afraid to put your name uh, to the text that'll help us out a bit or your handle whatever you want to go with i have to say i'm a bit surprised that they're going to go with smith tonight only because miko koskinen looks so unbeatable i do like how Tippett is keeping both guys engaged um yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, in terms of the engagement level of the two, you need two goaltenders in the Western Conference. We're seeing it. That's all there is to it. Uh, to be frank with you, I mean, I look at Calgary right now, David Riddick and, and Cam Talbot, and I thought Talbot would be better. I really did. Uh, with a decreased workload, and he's had a lot of tough starts, and that team's not getting him any run support either. CK has texted the show to say, any idea, Bob, when the Alberta Golden Bears arena will be finished? Uh well, it's got to get started. And the current economy for this province does not help the U of A in terms of getting additional funding to uh, build their facility. All right, we're in the full disclosure uh, business. Uh, make no mistake about that, but I will tell you that at 1237 uh, in Edmonton, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's a great place for a Christmas party. You can reach out to Brendan, Maggie, or Taylor at Roos Chris and tell them what now sent you. Roos Chris, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Um, our headliner for today's show is going to be the one and only Louis DeBrusque. It is brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Louis is currently in the Oilers room right now. We pre-taped this conversation. You're going to enjoy it. Louis DeBrusque. Louis, the Edmonton Oilers coming off arguably one of their best performances of the year. And a week earlier after the game, Dave Tippett, you know, talked about a bit of an immature performance in San Jose and wrote to a 6-3 loss from the opening shift, total buy-in, and the Oilers infinitely the better club against San Jose, elevating their performance guys committed to doing the little things. It was an impressive win, wasn't it? It was a really impressive win, especially, you know, looking at the fact they lost so terribly a week earlier. But it was an opportunity for them to come in and right that wrong. And, you know, obviously Dave Tippett was not happy. Um, A week ago Tuesday when they lost to the San Jose Sharks the way they did, he was very verbal about it. He called out the team in certain regards about being professionals, about being ready for those types of games. And they were ready for this one. And you, you could mark that one down the calendar. It was... 
good, as Dave Tippett said, to get right back up against that team that kind of embarrassed you a little bit. And let's face it, the team came to play. And that's what this team can do when they do buy in and all come to play. They they played a much sounder, better game. Sure, there was some real good pushes from San Jose. You have to give them a lot of credit. They stayed in that game for a bit, and they were dangerous at times. But I thought in the second and third period, I was, I was impressed with how Edmonton was able to kind of close that game out and just say, you know what, we've got this in control. And the big guys came to play, but they got some support and scoring as well. All right, so a five-game road trip. Uh, on paper, the matchup against the L.A. Kings might appear to be the easiest matchup, but the Oilers played two stinkers here last year, got beat 5-2 and 4 nothing, and the Kings were going through a tough year. L.A. is right now the worst team in the Pacific, the worst in the Western Conference, but they are a good uh, home team, and they do have some veterans that know how to challenge teams and play at teams hard. Um, are you worried at all? Uh, that this is a trap game for the Edmonton Oilers, that they elevated their performance for San Jose and they know they got to be good in Vegas on Saturday night. Uh, or is this going to tell us a bit about the character and the maturation of this hockey team right now? Well, you know, it's, a, it's, it's funny you say that because I look at this road trip and every single game they play is a different measuring stick for me. The San Jose Shark was a measuring stick for the reasons we just talked about. They lost a week before badly to that team. They were coming back and trying make good on that and, <clears throat> excuse me, and have a better performance. The Los Angeles Kings game is very similar to what I thought the San Jose game was a week ago. They come off a big victory versus the Anaheim Ducks. The mums are in the building. It's an exciting time, and they let their guard down against a team that was hungrier. This Los Angeles Kings team has won three of the last four. Jonathan Quick has only let six goals against in the last three starts that he's had, and he's won all three games, and he's playing tonight. This is another measuring stick of, okay, listen, this is a team that's trying to right a ship that hasn't really been going very good this year. We have to make sure that we do our part as the team to make sure we're playing the way we need to play. That is the message from Dave Tippett. You go into the Vegas Golden Knights, you know what you're up against there. That's a measuring stick because it's one of the best teams in the West. You go to the Arizona Coyotes, a team that plays a stingy, hard game that rolls four lines. They've already beaten Edmonton one time. Another type of measuring stick in a test. And then you go into Denver and play a team that you just did what the San Jose Sharks did to you last week. They're going to have a couple of healthy bodies back in the lineup, and they're going to remember that. And they're going to be ready for the Edmonton Oilers on Wednesday. So, this is kind of one of those road trips where every single game is a unique type of measuring stick for the team. They're all conference rivals, and there's four division rivals. It's a big road trip. This is a real big road trip, but it starts with the Los Angeles Kings tonight, and yes, I do believe this is a trap game. This is a game they're going to have to be ready for. The big guns of the LA Kings are still the big guns in the NHL. They can play the game at a high, high level. I do think, though, if they come out and have the same mentality versus San Jose, roll four lines, play a stingy, hard game, five men up the ice and five men back, they have a very, very good chance to beat the Los Angeles Kings, and they should beat them. We're going to assume that uh, given, uh, and, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly, I don't like to belabor the point with the officials, but how they missed the play yeah. on uh, Matt Benning the other night. It's, uh, it's baffling to me. You know, I'm telling you, it's something that I'm just getting sick of talking about, to be honest with you. It's absolutely... <laughs> I don't want to say disgusting, but it's getting there. Because listeners to the show go, Bob, I'm you, just, you know, thing, it's I, a loser's lament when you yeah. have a bad team and complain about officiating, but the Oilers now have a better team, and I'm not sure how. Let's get one thing straight. A baseball swing at shoulder height or higher, whatever Kane's stick was that hit Matt Benning in the face, is not a shot follow-through. So it doesn't matter if he hits him after that. I don't even know if he made contact with a puck, to be honest with you. He was trying to bat 
or line drive the puck out of the zone at head high. And he catches Matt Benning coming, pinching down the wall to keep a puck alive. I didn't see blood. I don't know if he was cut, but if it was, it's an instantly a five-minute major for me. I think that's just an easy call right. for, for a referee. I mean, I've been hit exactly like that before, and there was a five-minute major. That's why I have this big scar above my right eye right now, is that that's exactly what happened. Pinching down the wall, got smacked right in the face, and the guy was trying to clear the puck out. How you have two officials, that was only one official on the ice back then, and he saw it. How you have two referees on the ice that don't see that is beyond me. I have no idea. I just, I honestly, I saw it from the press box for crying out loud. So did I. I mean, we're up high there, Bob. Like, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm sick of complaining about it, but I'm also sick of trying to protect them. All right. So, end result here, distinct possibility Adam Larson's going to be uh, back in, possibly playing with Chris Russell, and it gives us another opportunity because Matt Benny might not be able to go. Uh, you know, you're going to concussion protocol. You're talking about a week when you, something like that happens. Caleb Jones, another opportunity yeah. to see him as well. But, I like this game a lot. I really have. You know what? I, I like his attitude as well. He said some really good things to Kevin and I when we talked to him before the game in San Jose. And number one, he says, you know, Oscar Kluckbaum's a player that he admires and he watches and how he plays the game. And he said, you know, for him as a young guy, you're always so hungry to make great plays. And he says, you know what, sometimes just a solid play is the right play. And that's a real hard lesson for a young defenseman to learn sometimes because you always want to at least make sure you're trying to do things to get noticed. But sometimes being unnoticed in the game is the best possible situation for a defenseman. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. You have to know when to jump up and take a risky play. You have to know when to make a risky pass. And you have to also know when sometimes... Just making a safe play is the right play. And I think he's starting to figure that out. Dave Manson texted me and said the two things for him this year down in Bakersfield, consistency. He's come each and every game to play. He's been ready to play. And you can tell there's just a difference in his preparation, the way he wants to play. And confidence. He said, you know, this kid's got a lot of confidence right now. Getting sent down was probably the best thing that Ken Holland did for him early in the year, right away. Just don't even think about making this team right now. Go down, get ready for your opportunity when you get it. He's come up here with a smile on his face. He's excited to be here. He's working hard and tremendous skater. Doesn't have the size of his brother Seth, but he's an excellent skater. And that mobility is what the game's all about nowadays. So he's got some really good tools that if he puts it together, when he came up, you know, last year and got his opportunity, I thought, you know, he started to falter as time went on because he tried to do too much. He was dusting the puck off a little bit too yeah. much trying to make the perfect play. He's got a sharp mind and he's a fast skater. Make the right play and move your feet. We're joined by Louis Dabrowski. our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now live uh, from Los Angeles, California. All right, so Louis. The Edmonton Oilers are second in the NHL points with 31. They uh, have the best record in the Pacific Division at uh, 14-6-3. They've got the number one ranked power play in the National Hockey League over 32%. They've got the number three ranked penalty killing unit in the NHL at 88%. They've killed off 22 consecutive uh, shorthanded situations. They're 10 for their last 22 on the power play. Uh, they have the two top scores in the NHL. Louis DeBrusque, are the Edmonton Oilers a good hockey team right now. <laughs> when you bring that kind of statistical okay. support. That's why we call you the brain. You know, you raffle off stats like that. It would suggest so. But it's still a work in progress. And yeah. I think Dave Tippett would say the same thing. Honestly, I think that, you know, you never want to get comfortable 
in, in what you're doing. You want to always try and be a little bit better each and every game. You always want to try and work on some of your weaknesses and bring those up as well. Listen, they came in this year. They needed to defend better. That was the emphasis on the team. We have to defend. They brought the personality in to do that, right? Six in the league in team defense. They wanted to get faster. They brought the personnel in to be a little bit faster. They wanted to be better in goaltending, but that starts with being better in front of your goaltenders. The goaltenders have been better this year. Penalty kill was a big situation. They brought guys that come in and can kill penalties like Archibald, Shan, Jujar Kara is an excellent penalty killer. You know, these guys have roles, and they're important roles. And Dave Tippett empowers them to feel like those are very important roles. And I love that from a coach. From an ex-player's perspective, if the coach is making you feel like what you're doing is really important, then you're going to want to go out there and do that the absolute best that you can because that's that's an empowering feeling to know that what you're doing is important. Um, but at the same time, there's still some, there's still been some bumps in the road, yeah. and consistency is one of them. Um, being a good team is one thing. Being a good team on each and every night, finding a way, and this is this is what I'm talking about with this game tonight. This LA Kings team is going to come out and push. They are going to push. Um, they have a, a history of playing hard against Edmonton. It wasn't an easy win earlier in the year for Edmonton. It was a six-five win. They had to come back and win that game. Okay, so this is a team that, for whatever reason, matches up well against Edmonton. Um, they're big, they're strong, they have very good core veteran players, and when they elevate their game, they're solid. But this is one of those games that Dave Tippett talks about. Sometimes if it's not going your way early in a game, you have to find a way to manage the game. And sometimes it's just playing a solid sound system and wait for your superstars, which they have two of the best in the game. One that is the best in the game, and Leon Dreisaitl, who's proving to everybody that he's right up there at the top of the league as well, um, and right now is the best player in the league, that you have to wait for those opportunities at the opportune times. You can't get impatient. I know that sounds like a contradiction when you're down a goal or down two goals. You cannot become impatient because then you're down 3 nothing, And that's what this team wants you to do. They're like an anaconda. They want to constrict you and wait for you to make a mistake, and they've always played that way. But if you play tight, if you stay in the game, which is a phrase that Dave Tippett uses a lot that I love, stay in the battle. Just stay in the game. Wait for your opportunities. You have the game breakers to make it happen. Um, more often than not, it will happen. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's the way you have to think when you're playing that game. They're going to have to play a tight, hard game tonight. They really are. Louis, uh, two more things to discuss. One involving something that happened yesterday, uh, and no, it has nothing to do with the fact that it was my my wife's birthday, which I forgot was actually today. I thought her birthday was. I oh. thought I thought her, I thought the twentieth was today. Well, that's better than having a day late. No, 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 no. I I missed it. I, I missed it. <laughs> oh, you missed it. Okay. So I am. You, in, are, you actually did do the wrong thing. Okay, yes, okay, okay. I'm in shut up. For two consecutive years, on my wife's birthday, a high-profile coach got fired. A year ago, on November twentieth, yep. it was Todd McClellan, yep. and yesterday it was Mike Babcock. Mm-hmm. And honey, let's just make November twenty-first your birthday. Let's do that. <laughs> but uh, hello, Chateau Bow Wow. Uh, but with all seriousness. Uh, your thoughts on what occurred in Toronto? Well, it's you watched a lot of that Toronto-Boston series. Yep. Obviously, yep. you're working the series out west, but your son's playing for Boston last year. Like, Toronto ran up against three really good teams yep. in the playoffs the yep. last three years. No question. Um, could have been different, but listen, that's, this, this is the Toronto market for you. That's what it is. It's it's the center of the universe when it comes to the hockey world. Anybody that thinks differently is just wrong. It is. They're passionate. They're fiery. And... They don't tolerate the fact that you're not doing what they perceive 
is a good team and what they should be doing. Um, the rumors were there for Mike Babcock, no question about it. I'm not close enough to tell you the in intricate details right. of what had happened there and transpired over the last month, but the writing was kind of on the wall. When you smell smoke, there's usually fire, and in this case there was, and they, they made the decision to fire a very prominent coach. Now, people think this is just easy. People think, ah, you know what, it's not going well. Let's just fire the coach and Sheldon Keith, you know, we've known him and Dubas has known him from Sault Ste. Marie. Let's just throw him into the mix. I think he's a good up-and-comer. That's not how this goes down. This is a this is a serious decision that I don't I know no general manager and no management group like to make. This is this is a tough, tough thing to do. Edmonton has faced this over the years. People know in Edmonton what this is like. It just completely changes the look of your team and changes the perception of your team. And now it's time to build back up again. Um, I do like Sheldon Keefe. I think he's a good young coach, and I think he's a guy that has a great track record. I really do. I think he's going to probably step in there, and as always does happen, there will be a major response from the players because now you're trying to impress a new person. But uh, I don't like seeing anybody get fired. Right. But this is a volatile business, and even supposedly at the time of the hiring, Mike Babcock, the best coach in the business to be hired, the highest paid coach, is no longer a coach. That just goes to show you how volatile that position is. And one final one for you, Louis. Again, Louis DeBrusque, our headliner today, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Today we have Louis DeBrusque, Brian Burke, and Marty McSorley on the show. And you and Marty had some... Some, some truculence. Some truculence. <laughs> uh, you, and, you and Marty get along now, but yeah. you, you didn't yeah. always oh, get along. Man. Well, it was this building. It was right here at the, this building, the Staples Center. I hadn't seen Marty McSorley after we'd fought, I don't know, five or six times. Maybe it was, I don't even know how many times we fought throughout our career, but we didn't really like each other on the ice, and it was a battle. But, you know, and it seemed to get personal between him and I. Him and I were kind of, you know... He listen. That was Marty. He was like I've always told you. I thought he was one of the best at what he did. I yeah. really did. I, you know what? If I could go back and change something, I'd probably do more of what Marty did. I would antagonize the better players to make the tough guys that I was already going to be fighting fight anyway. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well get a little bit more bang for your buck. And he was excellent at that. He really was. Um, like him or not. You love to hate him, and he was really good at what he did, and he was a big, strong guy. But anyway, so he I, fight he could day. fight, yeah. And he had long arms. We talked about it at this building again. But I was like, you know what? I had a hard time reaching you at times. He goes, well, people didn't realize I had long arms. So he could stretch a guy out. And anyway, he used to come out of all this stuff. But I had never met him off the ice after all those scraps and wars and verbal wars in the penalty box and all that. I, the elevator opens up to go to the press box here. It opens, and the only guy standing there is Marty. And for that split second, it was kind of like when I saw Kenny Baumgartner in the Islanders when he came over to Bernie Nichols' house, and I opened the door, and he's standing there after I punched him in the eye the night before, and he had a black guy. I thought, oh, no, round two, here we go. And I looked at Marty in that, in that elevator, and I thought, geez, you know, is this going to be round seven right now? Like, I mean, it's, it's, there's kind of a little tension, but then the big smile and shake the hands on how you do it. And that's typically how hockey guys are, but you never really know until you meet someone off the ice. And I've done a lot of functions with Marty. He's great. He comes up into Alberta a ton of times a year. And he's, always, he's, yeah, he's always out at the Slave Lake oh. event. Yeah, the icebreaker, he's always doing that. And, yeah, so we've had some real good fun. We've had some real good fun over the years. All right, and again, Marty McSorley and Brian Burke still to come on today's edition of Oilers Now. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chad. 
Zach Cassian with four goals in his last five games on the line with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl on a 13-game heater, 10 goals, 28 points. McDavid is off the charts. Um, 20 points on an eight-game point streak. McDavid, 12 points in his last three games. And speaking of Zach Cassian, he's an unrestricted free agent. Darnell Nurse, restricted free agent. Two critical guys to sign for Edmonton for Ken Holland in the offseason. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, more for your floor. Hey, Bob, says the texter, the rumblings about Taylor Hall possibly coming back to the oil. I believe this would be a mistake, says the texter. Lots of cash being thrown around for players these days, but it's no good if you don't have a supporting cast. Case in point, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Maple Leafs. Very top-heavy in salary. And both teams will continue to struggle, I believe, as there is not much talent to support the Stars. I believe this would would happen here if Taylor were to return. A power forward that can score and chuck him as needed. We don't need to be pushed around. Uh, Cash can only... uh, Cassian can only do so much. Go Oilers. Well, interesting perspective. I mean, Toronto, let's see how this thing plays out with the coaching change that has occurred with the Maple Leafs. Do want to tell you, uh, at this time, the temperatures are dropping. It's hard not to think about tropical weather, isn't it? Forget about white snow. Start thinking about white sand. How about Puerto Vallarta? Jet away with 630 Chad's Jalen Nye in January on an amazing all-inclusive winter holiday tour that includes seven nights at the five-star beachfront Marivelle Armory Resort plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. On sale now for just 2200 bucks. Book your spot today by calling New West Travel. Visit them, New West Travel. Travel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Bob Stoffer joining you from Los Angeles. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.